The North Country's school-age population has been declining for decades. Countless schools have empty space and allowed fewer kids in the classrooms and hallways. There was a wave of mergers in the 70s and 80s because of this problem. That's why we have districts called Madrid-Waddington, Norwood-Norfolk. You get the point. But pretty much other than that, school communities have resisted mergers. Two schools are thinking about bucking that trend. That's today's story of the day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Claxton Hepburn Medical Center, dedicated to providing patient care and regional services to the people of St. Lawrence County. ClaxtonHepburn.org. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Thursday, January 11th. First up, Jefferson County is still under a state of emergency after Tuesday night's storm left thousands of people without power. The county sheriff has put a travel advisory in place because there are so many utility crews out on the roads working on power lines. Drivers are expected to slow down and give them room to work. According to National Grid's outage map, almost 6,000 customers are still without electricity in Jefferson County and about 3,000 in St. Lawrence County. National Grid says power is expected to be restored by 1130 tonight. Warming centers are open in Glen Park, West Carthage, Theresa, Adams, and Sackets Harbor. There are also sites to pick up dry ice and water. And you can find those details on our website, ncpr.org. The application for a controversial 1,700-acre commercial solar project in Canton in St. Lawrence County is complete. Catherine Wheeler reports local governments will now have the opportunity to lay out their concerns. EDF Renewables Development's proposed commercial solar project sites spread out along both sides of Route 11 just southwest of Canton. Rich Road would produce up to 240 megawatts of solar energy and include a 24-megawatt battery storage facility. EDF says in all it would generate enough energy to power more than 61,000 homes. The state's Office of Renewable Energy Siting, or ORES, regulates large-scale green energy projects in New York, and they have the power to override local zoning laws to get the projects up and running. That worries local Canton officials. Local communities, as representatives of the public and residents, we speak through our laws. That's William Buchan. He is the attorney who represents the town of Canton on solar issues. We want our voices to be heard in the process. We want our local laws, particularly our solar law and our battery energy storage law and our zoning law, to be incorporated into the conditions for the permit. Buchan says local governments and other parties will soon present their comments on the application to the administrative law judges who will oversee the hearings. He says the town of Canton has a long list of questions about Rich Road, things like aesthetics and the environment. Safety is also top of mind for local officials. A fire at a battery storage facility in Jefferson County last year raised a lot of questions about public health and if there's enough trained first responders to take on any accidents that could arise. We are concerned about the battery energy storage facility that's planned and the issues surrounding that. But in general, we are interested in the entire application. We will be looking at every element of it. The project is controversial. Some residents are apprehensive about how big solar panels will look as you drive into the village and how development will impact the land and water, while others think it's a much-needed step to address climate change. EDF says the communities and school districts will get millions in direct payments from the project. They say the two-year construction project will bring about 300 jobs, but only about three or four once the facility is up and running. According to ORES, the state will publish a draft siting permit for public comment or a notice of intent to deny the application by the end of March. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio. 
two small school districts in the southern Adirondacks, on the border of Essex and Warren counties, are doing what most schools with declining populations have been reluctant to do. They're taking the first steps towards a potential merger. Amy Feireisel has our story. Minerva Central School District has 105 students, K through 12. Johnsburg has 260. If we did merge, we would still be a pretty small district. That's Johnsburg Superintendent Michael Marquica. There is the possibility of being too small in a, in a certain grade. Yeah, we have a couple small, you know, our kindergarten is three. And that's Candace Husson, Minerva's superintendent. Our second grade is four. Our fifth grade is five. That lends itself to its own challenges. <laughs> now, these districts have always been small, but they're getting even smaller. Johnsburg and Minerva's current enrollment is about half of what it was in the 90s and three-quarters of what it was in 2010. They are hardly alone in this struggle. Statewide public enrollment data shows New York schools have been steadily losing students for decades, with rural counties showing the steepest losses. In the entire Adirondack Park, only two school districts boast over 1,000 kids. When Husson describes Minerva, she could be talking about many North Country towns. Small community, um, aging population... Lots of second homeowners, you know, not a lot of people moving into the district. She says short-term rentals and inflated house prices aren't helping either. But despite falling enrollment, mergers in the region are rare. Since 2000, there have been just a handful of them in the entire state. Husson says that's because it's hard to give up your local school. I mean, first and foremost, what you lose in a merge is your, your school and your community, your identity. And mergers are often portrayed as negative, says Marquica. Merging was always used as a threat. I remember growing up in that kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another thing we're fighting is this merging is, is a bad thing. Minerva and Johnsburg are trying to buck that narrative. Both superintendents, who have each been in their respective districts for decades, say they feel a responsibility to do something. The only reason to merge, number one, is, is it good for students? Just so that we knew we were doing our due diligence for our community and our school. I think you can't deny the fact that we're struggling with enrollment. We're struggling with hiring teachers and being able to provide opportunities for our students. So in 2022, Johnsburg proposed that both districts conduct a feasibility study on merging. Would it save money? Will it allow them to offer more electives? What do the communities think? Hassan and Marquica have been encouraging everyone to come out to a series of public meetings. It's been hard because we don't hear much. We're having some participation in the audience from community members. Some, not a lot. But that's not because people don't have opinions, says Marquica. He figures folks are waiting for the feasibility study to be finished or have already made up their minds about how they'll vote, if and when it comes to that. I would hope people would vote on students' futures, not their history. Yeah, and we just want people to, like Mike said, come out, be informed when they make their decision. They're referring to the fact that historically, lots of mergers in the North Country have died because of fears of losing identity, which Hassan understands. Sometimes it's hard to let go of us being the Fighting Irish, Johnsburg being the Johnsburg Jaguars. It's hard to lose that pride. 
What may soften the blow here is that Johnsburg and Minerva are close neighbors. Their school buildings are just six miles apart. The goal would be to use both buildings while increasing class sizes, electives, and specialist staff. In recent memory is a merger not far up the road. In 2019, the Westport and Elizabethtown Lewis School Districts merged to become Boquette Valley Central School District. It's been a rocky transition, and that's something Marquica and Hassan say they know would come with a merger. It's not going to just be all puppies and rainbows the first year. Right, right. <laughs> Even the first five years, you know, there's, there's time. It takes time. Marquica is retiring soon and said that whether or not they merge, it's important to him to know that they've faced the music and not ignored declining enrollment. I want to be able to say I, along with my board, have asked the question and the community has made a decision. Either way it goes, you know, they have made a decision. If enrollments continue to drop and budgets get harder to balance, it's a decision dozens of districts may have to make in coming years. Minerva and Johnsburg are holding three public meetings on the potential merger in January. The first is on the 17th. The feasibility study should be finished in the coming months. Amy Feierisel, North Country Public Radio. We have more news all the time on our website, ncpr.org. A quick program note about Story of the Day next week. We're going to be off Monday for MLK Day, and then we're going to have a sort of takeover, our new podcast about far-right extremism in the North Country called If All Else Fails will be our stories of the day. The episodes are longer, though, so that means if you listen on the radio, Story of the Day will start at 5.30 in the evening, not the usual 5.48. If you subscribe to the podcast, don't sweat it, nothing changes. Music today by Tim Elifritz of Johnsburg and Mark Corey of Watertown. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.